Well, this one wasn't fun. No. <laughs> no. There's this was... fun and then there's what this was. <laughs> yeah. They're not the same thing. Which is not to be mistaken for bad. No. Well made. It's a weird job. You know what weird I have to say? Weird job. What? Julian Pensavale. <laughs> Patrick Heinz. One more chance to see us live this year. Yes, the I Toronto know. show was crazy. I know, as so all fun. of our live shows are. I know. You guys come see us in Brooklyn with Lance and Tim and Maggie. We're doing the Maura Murray live show. I'm up to two costumes. Oh, great! <laughs> Just awesome. I always love it when you say, "Oh, great," but you shake your head no. Oh, great. <laughs> It's almost sold out. There's like 20 tickets left. So they may be all gone by the time you hear this. But if they're not, come see us. Yeah. I'm not even going to try to guess the second one because I nailed it. I'm guessing the first one you and it was right. So there's nowhere to go so but down. So I'm not even going to try to guess the other one. I've been getting that show ready and I've been like revisiting those episodes. And I'm just telling you, it's going to be a crazy show. It's also our last show of the year. Like when this show is done, we're going to breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah. And I'm hoping right now it's 90 degrees in late September in New York. I'm hoping by the time we get to October, God damn it, I can get a little witchy. <laughs> Uh, you guys also the Patreon at the $5 level there are over 90 full bonus episodes yes. to download right this second mm-hmm. episode by episode coverage of Serial The Staircase Making a Murderer the Madeline jinx. McCann The Jinx Lorena Lorena Casey Anthony OJ Simpson uh, you guys there's so much on the Patreon it's like a whole new podcast yeah and there's also ringtones and after party and just check it yeah, out yeah little fun little goodies and treats for you. patreon.com slash true obsessed if you want to join us that's where you do it see what we have to offer yeah it's a party yeah it's a party come hang you know what's not a party? This documentary. This documentary. Girl, we got to get to this. Okay. Okay. I guess. Okay. I, have, I actually have to. So. I know. <laughs> Girl, what are we talking about this week? We're talking about roll, red roll. Not a fun one. No, it's not. It's not fun. Well, <laughs> if we have to not have fun, you guys have to join us. All right. We're going right into the trailer, you guys. Oh the trails. The trails, the pates. No. 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 We're no. sticking with the pates. And not the, we're not doing the trails. <laughs> I have a line and you're crossed it. When I first read this story, there wasn't a lot of substance to the article. Two high school football players had been charged just a couple of paragraphs about these two boys and that was it. I thought this is nuts because that town is so entrenched in their football team. This is big news. I had never seen a case constructed like this. That many people who have some information. This was a sexual assault with teenagers and the cell phones told the story. We had photos. We had 400,000 text messages. It was on Twitter, actually. Just the complete lack of empathy, that was what was so frightening. I mean, it was all out there. knew about it, if coaches knew about it, if a principal knew about it, if parents knew about it, why was nothing done about that? The question was, is this football town, you know, putting its daughters at risk by protecting its sons in a situation like this? I have to say something right, right from the jump. Oh, lay it on me. So I just think that children laughing is a very creepy sound. Yeah. Am when I wrong there? No. no, 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 no. You're absolutely right. However, yeah. this totally changed my mind because I'm like, that's music to my ears compared to like teenage boys laughing about rape. Oh, is right. the most terrifying sound I think I've ever heard. So the whole thing is this movie opens, you're hearing the audio of these videos that we are going to see down the road. You don't know that going in. And you think hearing it is bad enough and then you see it and it's like, you can't imagine it. These boys are laughing about the most horrible things you can imagine. Oh my God. This is the funniest thing ever. (laughs) 
They're hysterical laugh. Like this is the funniest thing ever. I if know. this gets out, you can go to jail. Like I they know. are so fearless and so entitled in how they're laughing. It's the first of seven million times I'm gonna say, where are the fucking parents? I know. I know. We're gonna get to it, but these are boys that are at three different parties on I this know. one night. We would think that one set of parents would have been home. The numbers are just kind of not adding up for me. I'm <laughs> right. like, wait, three different houses, not a single person <laughs> over 18. Yeah. And then we get text messages on the screen, and this happened to we don't know her name. Right. She comes up as Jane Doe in these text messages. Right. And she's saying like, what happened last night? I don't know who to ask or who to believe who did that to me. Oh my God, please tell me this isn't fucking true. And you're like, just imagine what she was going through in those texts. No. Not having any idea what happened to her. Yep. And we'll get there in a second, but not before we get through this horrible opening credits music. This is for the lover, soaking in the truth. This is for the liar. This is for the dream. This is for America. I get what they're trying to do. I know. I, know I totally do. get it. But uh-huh. maybe it was too effective. Because I'm like, I'm hating every I will say, goddamn second of this. It's the most talked about thing in the Facebook group. Which is like... The this, music? Yeah, the ragey opening credits uh-huh. music in Roll, Red Roll. Yeah. Like, I listened to these with headphones and I had to take my headphones yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, like, just angry. Like, it's like what football players would listen to like, while they're trying to psych themselves up for a practice mm-hmm. or whatever. And then there's for this double rehearsal. meaning. Yeah, for yeah. the sports rehearsal. And then yeah. there's this double meaning because you're like, oh, I'm just furious because the movie hasn't even started yet and now I'm just angry and ragey. Exactly. So I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm with you on that. So we get the title card or whatever. It says Steubenville, Ohio, August 2012. Yeah. And then there's just a lot of the sportsing. We go right into the They're sports. rehearsing the sports on the mm-hmm. field. We learned that this high school has a stadium for their football rehearsals. It took me a second where I'm like, oh my God, this isn't even college football. Like, I know. I know college football. We're also just really up to our eyes and OJ right now. That's true. Um, and those stadiums can be so big for college football and I'm like, oh my God. Like, enough. You know who suffers the most when a high school football team has a stadium? The drama club. Yes. Where's the drama club rehearsing? There is a whole episode of Friday Night Lights about this where is that right? they get money. Like the school gets money and Tammy Taylor uh, wants to use it for like the arts program. Of course. And Buddy Garrity wants her to use it for a jumbotron. No. And the whole town is like mad at Tammy Taylor with that gorgeous hair and like style for days and Connie Britton. Like, you guys, they've got to do Godspell somewhere does it have to be the parking lot <laughs> so then we, we get this like radio guy can we get a ding yeah can, are we gonna get a ding up in here we get his name later it's like news radio 1170 and he just says watch out for the weather out there today storm watching effect for west virginia ohio pennsylvania it's gonna be a nasty bag of weather let's just put it that way yeah great th- great that your job has to do with speaking and finding words <laughs> You can't just say the weather's going to be bad today. It's a nasty bag of weather. I mean, that's really the only way to describe it. Am I wrong? And I'm like, what? But then he segues into... This guy, you guys, he turns out to be such garbage. He's that's such why we're coming for him. Yeah. yeah, and this is where it starts. So yeah, he segues into the story and he's like, I'm working on this story about underage kids. And you know how that is. Like, I really have to cross my T's and like, you just make extra sure that uh-huh. it's a really tragic story. And you realize that like, it's only tragic because the football players are in trouble. It's not tragic about... Right. Right. happened, you know? Right. Also, like, this is where we're being introduced to the town of Steubenville. All I know is we see a billboard and the Pope is on it. Why is there a billboard of the Pope in the middle of Steubenville, Ohio? Yeah, like, why isn't it a billboard of how great the football team is? Like, right. that would make more sense. <laughs> Advertising like, just... the high school production of Godspell. Uh-huh. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's basically the same thing as the Pope. It's exactly the same. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so we meet Detective JP. We love JP. JP is very sort of quiet. He's a little, yeah. like, understated. The parents made a report of a sexual assault, and I interviewed her that afternoon. It wasn't actually a very long interview when it comes down to it because she couldn't remember much. Uh, she knows she had been uh, drinking and others had been drinking as well. Her next memory is waking up in the morning, uh, been Sunday morning of the 12th of August. Can't find her phone. She's not wearing any clothes. She's under a blanket. And in the room were um, both Trep Mays and Malik Richmond. To him, it's all very obvious. Exactly. Right? Like how terrible it is. And he's like, you guys are seeing this too, right? He, it's you- very Zellner-esque. Yes. He just can't believe it. And he's telling us that it was early in the morning that our Jane Doe started getting text messages from her friends. Pictures of this drunk, naked, passed out girl. Mm-hmm. And her friends are being like, hey girl, I think this might be you. Right. Then we learn what happens the yeah. morning after. And she wakes up. She's naked under a blanket. Doesn't know where her phone is. She's in some house. And she goes right to her parents. And they find 
file a police report right away. And Detective JP is like, it really didn't take long because sadly she can't remember much. Right. But she wanted to make the police report and say like at least how she woke up and maybe we could start from there. You guys go to your parents. Just please, please always go to your goddamn parents. Always. 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 And if you're a parent, make it so that your kid feels like they can go to you. Hear a bell for you. Thank you. You That's how my parents were. If you're in trouble, no questions asked. We'll deal with it later. But don't make your kids feel like they can't call you because they're scared of like what you're going to say and do in the moment. Just pick them up. Yeah. Deal with it tomorrow. (laughs) Totally. You know, pick them up. So we learned that Trent Mace was a primary suspect and this guy, Malik Richmond, was seen as having like some involvement in this like clear sexual assault on this girl. Right. And we start to see the kids, I'm calling them kids because they are. They're children. They're kids being questioned, people who are at this party. So we're seeing the actual surveillance video of like their interrogations. Mm -hmm. And JP tells us that like, Trying to get the truth from kids who, in a sense, are telling on friends. And that's maybe one of the biggest obstacles to overcome. Here. Yep. How are you feeling? Cool. Okay. You sure? Yeah. You nervous? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, nothing to be nervous about. We don't bite. <laughs> we don't bite. Uh, won't yell. It's impossible to get these kids to really talk because Mm -hmm. they're essentially ratting out their friends. And the football team. And the football team, which we've learned are like the gods of this town. Yeah, yeah. It's like not only are these humans, they're the football team. They're not human. They're better than humans. And that's the whole thing about the parents. Remember I was talking about the parents before? Yeah. I firmly believe that like the reason these kids, that they're allowed to have three rager parties on like a Friday night where they're all underage drinking and having sex and treating women terribly is because their parents get a lot of their own self worth from their kids being on the football team right like these kids have more power than their own parents do right so we meet this kid michael no the the cops can't pronounce his last name (laughs) i think it's nodianos but i don't care because he's a piece of shit michael no dianos no dianos sorry i need to know from you everything of your saturday evening through sunday This is the kid that we'll find out down the road took the video that we heard at the top of the movie. I fear for the fact that we live in a world where this asshole is walking the streets. This kid is a psychopath and and just wait till we get there. He is arguably as terrifying as a cannibal cop. Yeah, totally, totally. And so it's funny because they want his account. They can't say his name where I'm like, and usually like, just learn how to say someone's name, but he's a dick, (laughs) so I don't care. Yeah, he's the worst. It's it's funny how how you just can really change your opinion on something real quick when someone's a rapist (laughs) or just promoting and laughing about rape. I just don't like that. Yes. Yeah, um, so they want his account too, and he's like. First, we went to my friend. Said, "You need names, or if they're not involved or anything." Uh, do you need like names? The dirt, the dirt, the dirt, the dirt. Names or whatever. Yeah. And in my notes, I just have yes, sweetheart. Names would be good, you <laughs> dummy, you idiot. And JP is too nice. He's like, uh, I need everything, Mike. Everything, everything. Yes, Michael. Names, names would be very helpful if you yeah. got them. And then we see this girl Farah, <sighs> and she sits down and she's saying that like she was at this party where the girl that was attacked was also at. Farah was the only one from this high school. The other girl that was attacked was with a bunch of her friends mm-hmm. and this girl stood out to Farah because she was the only girl of that group that like said hello to her and she was like hey and but I could tell that she was gradually getting more drunk and worse throughout the night. Yeah, she says, you know, she was getting more and more drunk throughout the night. And I'm like, yeah, but so is everybody. I just want to commend her also for being nice to this girl. You know how awful it is to, like, be at a party where you don't know anybody? I this do. girl is just so nice to, like, be like, hi, girl. And be, like, a teenager. Do you know how hard it is to yeah. exist as a teenager? I, God. I know. You couldn't pay me to be a teenager again. <laughs> it's terrible. I was a fat, weird-looking gay kid. I had braces and big, frizzy hair. <laughs> Congratulations, you win. <laughs> By winning, I don't know if that means it was worse or better for you. I haven't decided. I don't know. (laughs) I think I'm okay about it now, though. So now Michael, we're back to that idiot Michael, and he's like, you know, as he was walking into the party, he sees Trent and all these boys. Trent May is the the main suspect here. Helping a girl out of the party. And I'm like, no, they were carrying an unconscious person out of a party. They weren't helping her to the car. No, this is where we're starting to learn that this girl's story is that she was so drunk, she could barely walk. So Farrah tells us that this girl was like so hammered that if Farrah was her really good friend she would have made her stay then mark trent malik and evan i think wanted to go we just kept trying to tell her if you don't want to go with them you want to go back with your friends or you're going to be more safe with them than you will with the boys 
And this is when one of the cops is like, uh, hold on, sweetheart. What do you, what exactly do you mean by that? Yeah, like, how do you know that she wouldn't be safe with them? Yeah, because she's like, oh, I guess you've never been a teenage girl. Yeah. I guess, copper, you've never been a goddamn teenage girl. Yeah. And I can't imagine why I would be safer, almost passed out, with my girlfriends and a bunch of horny football players. Right. Well, because the thing, he just needs her to say it. I know. You know? I know. And I, you've explained this to me, and I agree with you. I'm on your side. But uh-huh. it still made me mad the way that he didn't just say, like, could you just explain it to me, please? I know. I know. You know what I mean? Like, stop being a cop from, like, the 1950s. Just say, could we get a little bit more of an explanation there? I know. Don't come for JP. I like JP. He's doing good work here. (laughs) What was the one recently where the cop was like, did I want to smack him around and do a little bit of good 1950s? Susan Cox Powell. Yeah, totally. Do a little 1950s detective work, smack him around a little bit. Back when you could really do policing. Back when the good old days. (laughs) Yeah, because cops don't smack people around today. Please. (laughs) Give me a break. So now we get more texts yeah. uh, on the screen, and it's from Trent, the main dick here. Yeah, Trent is the main rapist. We'll right. just call him yeah, the main no, rapist because that's what he is. He's, he's the main rapist. Right. Yeah. And so he is texting Jane Doe, and he's like, wait a second. Like, if you know it didn't happen, why are you saying this? You know, it's going to ruin my life, too. And then he asks her something. Well, because it's like, like crickets back from her. She's like not responding to no. him. Because she's, you know, dealing with her own personal goddamn trauma. Right. And maybe her parents have her phone, or it's like, don't engage with this person, or she's terrified of him, or whatever. Right. And so then he asks her, are you going to do everything you can for me? Right. And I'm sitting there thinking, and I pause it, and I'm staring at it in my living room, and I'm just like, the fuck does this kid think he is asking her for anything? Right. At all. Right. At all. Because he's right. a football player in this weird little town in the middle of nowhere. He can do no he's wrong. He's untouchable. In this wicked little town. <laughs> in this wicked little town. So now we meet Alexandria Goddard, the crime blogger. When I first read the story, there wasn't a lot of substance to the article. Two high school football players had been charged, just a couple of paragraphs about these two boys, and that was it. Okay, so when we meet this woman, I did not know who she was at first. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm going to say? I think I do. She's lighting up a cigarette indoors. And she has dogs. And dogs. So it's like, I like you because you have the dogs, but you're hurting <laughs> their, their sweet little lungs. All they do is love you. But okay, so dogs aside, there's also like all these films. Excuse film- me. I- <laughs> how just- dare I you? Know. How dare you? There's all these people who are like on the film set filming in her house. She's lighting up a cigarette. Right. These people just trying to make a documentary about this rape that happened. But the thing is, she's probably sitting there like, uh, you guys wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me. I I can smoke all I want. And no, no, Alexandria, I'm so glad you did what you did. Yeah. Stop smoking. Well, stop smoking inside with the dog and the people. That's and, all I'm asking. And I'm asking Live you life. to stop smoking. Oh, okay. I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm saying it. I'm just saying, I didn't know if she was being set up to be a good person right, or a right. bad person. She ends up being a good, like, a, she talks to her dog like a friend, yes. which I also appreciate. Dogs are people too, everybody. Yeah, exactly. But it turns out she's a crime blogger. Right. And she blogs about true crime. Like, that's what we do, basically. Right. If you ask my mom, that's what I do. Yeah. How's yeah. your blog going? Where it's- can I watch your podcast? Where- <laughs> But Alexandria's from Columbus, Ohio, not too far from Steubenville. And she's like hearing about this case because these boys are being brought up on charges, right? Trent and Malik. Wait, they've been arrested in case we weren't clear about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was enough evidence that the prosecutors like arrest those dicks. Right, right. And she's like, hmm, you know what's weird? For a town that's obsessed with football. No one's really talking about this. And these football players are involved in this horrible thing. No one's talking about it. And she's like, that's when I started snooping. If something stinks, I'm going to be the first person that calls it out. Where's your chili at? Being from Steubenville, I developed a sense of what the community was like. Good girl. To me, it wasn't a very woman-friendly environment. So that's when I started snooping around. So this woman, Alexandria, understands this thing called the Twitter that I don't really get. Mm -hmm. So she gets on the school's website, finds these guys' full names. She like goes to the football page, Mm -hmm. finds their full names, goes on the Twitter, finds their full names there. These guys are on social media, using it basically as like texting. Guys and girls. That's the thing. So it's like they only follow each other. Right. And they're only each other's followers. But anyone can see what they're writing. Right. But they're in this bubble. And it's kind of like, it's just easier than than mass texting everybody I know. Right. It's like, oh, the party's here. And that's where they're communicating communicating and whatever and she realizes like oh my god she can actually use the twitter timeline yeah because they call it a timeline it's the the twitter the the twitter's timelines (laughs) 
and make the actual timeline of what happened at this party because it was happening in real time. Right. And so she says that like it's like a Friday. It's the last day of summer or they're about. And it's like everyone's partying. Everyone's having a good time. And then all of a sudden it took a turn. I sat up for hours and hours and just followed timelines fanning out, you know, who is retweeting what at a certain time. So it was almost like watching this in real time. By the end of the night, a young girl from across the river had been sexually assaulted. Just, I mean, I was shocked. It's like a rotten onion. I mean, you peel one layer back and there's something equally as rotten underneath it. Right. These idiots. Yeah. Start tweeting about the rape. And they're like, these boys, these fucking boys, they are referring to like, I've never seen anything get so sloppy. The anything they're referring to is the girl. It's Jane Doe. It's not She's the party. A right. She's a they're person. just they but they don't think of these no. young girls as people. No. They just think of them as things. Mm-hmm. And they're tweeting about them as such. Yeah, and people are tweeting about like a dead body because she was completely blackout drunk. That's the joke. And this is the joke that's going to come back over and over. They're referring to her as a dead body. That one guy, Michael, is literally tweeting about the dead body. To Michael, the dead body thing is the funniest thing he's ever heard. Right. And to be clear, someone having sex with a dead body is what he thinks is so hilarious. Right, right. Or she was so drunk, she seems dead like dead girls can't say no. I mean, this is what we're dealing with, yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all public. Right. And so Alexandria's like, oh my God. Like, right. am I, Oh my God. Am I seriously, like, are they so obvious about this? Like, yeah. what can possibly be happening? And so then we learn, like, from our friend JP, that it's a tough investigation because it involves a lot of people and they all know each other. Right. We are still working a little blind off of just the evidence that we've been given. But this is being texted about. It's being tweeted and it's amongst a student body that has just gotten into school. And he's saying, like, the only way that we were able to really piece this together is the same way our friend Alexandria is doing uh-huh. it, through, like, the, all the social media. The online. And because these boys have been arrested, they now have access to their cell phones, they're getting all the text messages, mm-hmm. which are fucking crazy. Disgusting. Yeah. And s- pictures and videos and the whole thing. It's so vile. It's very well said. Yeah. <laughs> so then all of a sudden, we're, like, we're in a bakery. Anything else, sir? Right. 16. I've been in that atmosphere. I've been in that kind of situation that those kids was in. And nine times out of ten, and I'm not trying to call no one no or nothing, but nine times out of ten, a woman engaged in it. Right. With this guy, Jeremy, who we learn is a former football player at Steubenville. This shot was so weird to me because they go into this bakery while this kid is working. Mm-hmm. They don't, like, ask him if he's got a break coming up or whatever. Right. And he's <laughs> They just start talking about, to him. Yeah. And he says this thing. Like, it's so obnoxious. But he's like, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be any way. Right. I'm not trying to call anybody out. But, like, I've been in this situation a hundred times. And I'm like, whoa. Ooh. Right. And I, <laughs> like, what? And he's like, you know, nine times out of ten, the woman engaged in it. All right. It wasn't like, let me, you know, knock you over the head and drag you into the bedroom like the woman was into it and look I take the R word seriously can I ask Jeremy one quick question in Jeremy's situation Mm -hmm. in his calculation Mm -hmm. where nine times out of ten the woman participates is he saying that one time where you did hit the woman over the head and dragged Mm -hmm. her into the bedroom that was totally fine yeah everything he says is super problematic everything he says and he's also like yes ma'am what can I get for you he's like I take the R word seriously next like she's like I'm picking up a cake and he's like okay I know I know it's very fucking crazy also say it's it's called rape, Jeremy. Just say it. Yeah, don't Just mouth it. it is. Don't mouth it at the camera. The R word. Just yeah. say it aloud. You know who also takes it seriously? Jane Doe. <laughs> yeah. And countless other women in this world. Jeremy, enough. Yeah. You. Because I, I take the R word serious. You know, I don't play with. That's one word I will not play with. May I help you? Yes, pick up her blocker. Is it a cake? Are you ready to go to an antique shop? No. <laughs> in real life, I'm like, actually, yeah. <laughs> After this, the day I've had, totally. Let's go hang out with Vinny the antique dealer for a minute because she's got some shit to say too. You'd think that like the gay guy who runs the antique store would be (laughs) fun, but he's a nightmare. I think it was a party that got out of hand. When that kind of stuff happened when I was in school, you were a bad boy, you know, you got suspended or uh, disciplined. You know, now they want to put you in jail. And I'm not condoning any of it. It's just things have changed over the last 40 years. Okay, so here's the thing. Vinny is garbage. I mean, he's Total Vinny garbage. is clearly garbage. Totally. Vinny's also probably not sexually attracted to women. He's an antique dealer. Right. <laughs> and we 
are in his like home slash antique shop where he clearly lives with 19 cats or whatever. Oh God, gross. But Vinny is just saying these things that are just like, what girl, what are you talking about? Yeah, he goes like, back in my day, <laughs> when girls were raped at a party, the guys got like a stern talking to right. by the assistant coach. Now- It was called bad behavior. Now they want to- uh, they want to put you in prison for rape. What has this country, this country used to be so great. What has the world come to? I know. He, he just, and he's like, it's crazy. right? I, I just, the thing about it is that like Vinny comes back later because I want to give her the benefit of the doubt and say, Vinny had like a crisis of conscience 20 minutes after they left and was like, oh God, that's going to be taken the wrong way. Let me call the editor and say, don't run that. Strike my interview. No, he comes no. back later to double down. Yeah. Vinny girl what are you talking what about what is happening but it gets worse is everyone ready i know yes so we meet dj bloom daddy <laughs> who's a local talk show host you guys know i hate hacky like zany morning zoo radio it's shows. totally it's a she said he said right now without a doubt you know anybody can make an allegation these girls at these parties sometimes maybe drink a little bit too much Sometimes they get a little promiscuous. All of a sudden, they're being called, you know, a whore, what have you. And it's real easy to all of a sudden say you were taken advantage of rather than own up to the fact that, hey, look, I did what I did. This guy is fucking terrible. And what I don't understand about this guy, he's got these opinions about what happened at this party. Right. And I guess he's just got one of those talk shows where you just say horrible things about young girls. And that stupid like radio nasally voice where he's like, hey everybody, here's what we are going on today. The traffic and weather in five minutes. But look, anybody can make an allegation, okay? I these girls at parties can drink too much. They can, you know, screw around and then they're called a whore the next day and then they're really embarrassed. And so they're just gonna say, I just got out of that voice real quick because it got real serious. <laughs> Basically, what he's saying is girls get hammered. Yeah. They sleep with people. The next day they get called a whore. His yeah. words. They're so embarrassed. So they're going to decide, you know what? It'll be really fun. Yeah. Let's throw a couple of rape accusations around, huh? Totally. That sounds super fun. Totally. And then he doubles down yeah. and says, look. It's easier to tell your parents you were raped than, hey, mom, dad, I got drunk and decided to let three guys have their way with me. That's all I'm saying. Based on who I've spoken to based on who I've spoken to. And I'm like, men, men and only men. Right. <laughs> he goes, it's easier for a teenage girl to go to her parents and say, I was raped than it was to tell her parents that she got hammered and let three guys quote, have their way with her. Uh huh. This person. Right. No, I want to I want to say a couple of things here. No, obviously, that is so fucking ridiculous. The only reason her parents know that anything happened the night before is because she went to them after her friends were texting her these horrible pictures. So just to negate this idiot's right. argument, not that it needs to be, but just to put a really fine point on it. If she had been like the night before, you know, what? I, I'm feeling really sexy. I think these three guys are really hot. I'm going to let each of them have their way with me. If she had done that, if that had been a choice that she had made, she just would never have told her parents about it at all. It's not a choice. No. It's not that she did something that she woke up and regretted. She was raped and she told her parents. If it were the other thing, she just would never have told them. Right. Exactly. And what what this DJ Bloom Daddy, again, my God. <laughs> he 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 is the douche of the crazy Ira and the douche. Like he's the douche. Um It really, when you said it just like that just now, it really felt like you thought like you really thought we were coming to the end of culture. But uh, culture this, as we know it. This piece of shit is like, all right, so I'm totally gonna victim blame. Yeah people who have been raped and also you know i'm gonna sign a legal document that's like my professional name is dj bloom daddy like he took it seriously and his, his friends were like bro that's fucking awesome bro and he is perpetuating this thing about like this is why rape cases are, are never reported right it's not easy to tell anybody anything exactly this girl was so terrified and she's a girl and underage and scared she probably had to say mom i don't know where i am can you please come get me yeah hey and bloom daddy you're making this problem worse and also you have listeners and yeah. girls and women are listening to you and men are listening to you and they think it's like you know that is true women are crazy and of course she's gonna say that i did this because if i don't like her enough or blah blah blah, blah. yeah he's making excuses for people and he has an audience and that makes me insane yeah dj bloom daddy we hate you <laughs> so we learned from our crime blogger friend alexandria Alex 
Alex. Alex. Queen who, Alex who needs to stop smoking inside. It's just only like for you. And for the pupper. And then for the pupper. Alex is telling us, yeah, the parents are victim blaming, but now it's like trickling down to the kids and the students. And we meet Therese and Madeline. Yeah, they're students at Subaru High School or whatever it's called. And in my notes when I'm like, oh, you know, JP, detective, you know, yeah. awesome. I have Therese and Madeline, students, victim blamers. So <laughs> we, Therese and Madeline laughing all the way. Yeah. Are telling us about like, like maybe if she had been sending or posting inappropriate pictures of herself that possibly made the boys do what they did. And you can become known as a not so good person just for that. We weren't allowed to have Facebook until we were 16. Which I know a lot of people have created accounts behind their parents' backs. So you have the nice perfect daughter account that mom sees and then you have the little slut account that everyone else sees. And they're basically victim blaming Jane Doe and saying like, maybe she should have had more responsibility and not gone to that party. Maybe she shouldn't post the pictures that she posted. She made the boys do this. This part really infuriated me because she is saying- Honestly, this is terrible, but I didn't think that much about it. Yes, the boys were definitely not on the right, but she was also at a party that she probably shouldn't have been at. She has to take responsibility for the choice she made to go to that party. When you put yourself in that situation, you have to take some responsibility for your actions. All I could say was, I feel sorry for them. I'm not even mad at them. I feel sad that these young kids, these young girls have been raised to believe that boys are allowed to behave this way. Mm -hmm. It might be naughty. It's like what that fucking antique guy said. Right. You know, it would. they shouldn't do it, but when they do it, it's not that big of a deal and it's probably the girl's fault anyway. Right, what was she wearing? These young girls think this. If something like this happened to one of them, they would probably not report it. Mm -hmm. They'd probably live with the shame and guilt and anger all of, of their lives because they've been raised to believe that this is the thing that just happens yes. to girls that make bad choices. Right. And this is like the 19 millionth time in this documentary I say, where are the parents? Right. Like these parents aren't raising these kids to be good people. They're raising them to be submissive women or star athletes. And then for the women to just have these people on this pedestal yeah. for no real reason. I'm sorry. It's a high school football team for God's sake. Like, and are we seriously worshiping these? Six I know. You guys, they're 16 year old kids. They wear a costume. They throw a ball. <laughs> I, honestly, like I just don't get it. They go to rehearsal after school like every other drama kid. Like every other smart, creative, <laughs> sensitive person. No. So we meet to, I mean, I know, I know this whole documentary is meeting garbage people. Bear yeah. with me. Two more. We got two more for you. And at the very least, Michael McVeigh is uh, the school superintendent. Yeah. We asked school superintendent Michael McVeigh why responsibility for disciplining any other players admittedly at the party was given to the football coach. Do you see the, a possible conflict of interest there? The protocol was followed, sir. What is the protocol? Did you and the principal defer to the football coach? We followed our discipline protocol as we usually do. And once everything's over, when the facts are out, then we will make our decisions of, of what has to be done or who was involved or who was not involved. And now this story is getting, thanks to Alex, the crime blogger, and people yeah. are starting to say, I'm sorry, what? And what people are really curious about is why the school superintendent is giving all the disciplining responsibilities to the football coach. So that's Seems a, like a conflict of interest now. Yeah, so the thing is, like, the, the two boys, like Malik and Trent, have been arrested and they're being dealt with in the judicial system. The coach has now been given responsibility for punishing the rest of the Garbage boys. Garbage Michael and, yeah. like, Anthony, all people we even haven't spoken about yet. Right, so then we see the coach in his interrogation with Detective JP. This whole situation is so garbage. Yeah. Because the dynamic is so fucked up because in this town, this coach is, like, a king. Right. Because he's the coach of the football team, but, like, the police detective is actually the one with the actual power. Right. And so the, the detective is, is trying to question the coach about like, did you talk to these boys? What did they tell you? And the coach is saying these vile things. What did they tell you? Nothing. They said, coach, we did not screw that girl. We, we left the party and her girlfriends told her not to come with us. We didn't want her to come with us. She started arguing with her girlfriends and got in the car with us. I said, did you kidnap this girl? They said, no. I said, did you put her in the trunk of a car because that's what was going on? They said, coach, we never did none of that. She came with us. And I said, 
did you rape her? They said no. I said, did you fuck her? They said no. That was the end of it? That was it. It was oh no. So as a group every day after practice, I would say to the kids, if you have anything to say, tell me. I'll help you out. I won't defend you if you're wrong, but I'll support you. That's what I said every day to them after practice. Right, to have this sort of dynamic where he's like, you know, I just asked her, did you rape her? Did you fuck her? And I'm like, you're talking to... 16 and 17 year old kids. Exactly. And you have no regard for Jane Doe at all. Right. It's all about, let me help you out of this. You got to be honest with me. It's not about what she's going through or possibly going through. Right. And he's like, look, 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 look. <laughs> look. <laughs> look. Look, 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 Even when you took their phones, I said, rape. They for rape. I said, they didn't rape her. So they might have screwed her. Right, right. Well, wait, wait. <laughs> they might have screwed her, but they didn't rape her. He says screw. I About this underage girl. There's a phrase that I hate more than anything, and I never want to hear it again. Would you like to know what it is? Yeah. It's the phrase boys will be boys. Oh, right. Right. Of course. And and the way the coach is talking is very like, did they screw her? Yeah. yeah. Did they rape her? No. Right. And JP is like, dang, I got to stop you right here. This is my favorite moment because this is where Detective JP takes the power back in right. the dynamic because he's saying coach and he's calling him coach, uh-huh. which is oh, so, you have to. You it's have to. so deferential. It's yeah. unreal. But he's saying, coach, we wouldn't have arrested these boys if there wasn't solid evidence that they had raped this girl. Right. And he's like, Okay, fine. Whatever you have to say, whatever words you have to use. Could you use a different word for rape? No. He says, could you use a different word for rape? No, sir. Unreal. So can you use another word for rape? Coach. No, no, I don't come over to No, no, no. No, I'm just saying. If it's such a... If it's such a... So what he does say is like, all right, fine. All right, I'll level with you. A couple of the boys admitted to drinking. Now, normally, if that happened on any other day without a rape... They would have been kicked off the team or they would have gotten in some kind of trouble. Right. But I'm not going to do anything because if I say that they did something bad that night, it's going to make them look guilty. And I'm like, but they are. Right. At least of underage drinking. So then when you think it couldn't get any worse. This, this, what you're going to say, I think is so unreal. And our best friend JP deserves all the hero bells and awards for his patience and just effort. Yes. We are watching, you guys, you can slow it down to 0.5 because you're really just really listen to what I'm saying here. JP is explaining the concept of consent to a grown man who truly, truly, and we see it on his face, does not understand a word that JP is saying to him. That the person is not able to consent. Mm -hmm. Okay? They can't say yes or no. If someone is so out of it, they can't give you a yes, sure, I can have sex or no. I'm, I hope the truth does come out. Even if, even if they're guilty of rape, but they didn't do this and that and whatever everybody's saying they did, I hope, you know, that the truth comes out. And the thing that is so infuriating and terrifying is that this coach who is having the idea of consent explained to him is basically more important to mm-hmm. these young men than their fathers, their yeah. priests, their teachers, the cops, the cops. He is the most influential person in these young men's lives. And he does not know what the word consent means at all. But he's like, can you consent? You I've never heard that word before. <laughs> Let me. All right, all right. OK, JP, bear with me. Let me ask you this. If she's in the room, uh-huh. is that, that's a yes, right? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And JP's like, no, girl. And he's like, oh. if she's passed out and she can't say no, that's a yes. That's a yes, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No means yes? Yeah. Right? Right. <laughs> is that it? Say the word again. Spell for me. Use it in a sentence. <laughs> and JP's like, Jane Doe did not consent, you uh-huh. piece of shit. It's fucking horrible. Okay, so remember earlier we talked about how there were three parties that yes. night. JP and- says party A, B, and C. Right, because we have completely irresponsible parents in all three households just letting this happen. Mm-hmm. And so the first party was where Farah had seen this girl, Jane Doe, mm-hmm. and she was drinking a little bit. They leave, they go to party B, and it gets crazy there. Okay, just real quick. Uh-huh. That Instagram photo that we keep talking about where yeah. she looks like a rag doll and yeah. it's really, really horrible. We get one of these witnesses. Again, another girl 
girl who's yeah. being who's being interrogated and she just says like of her own free will this is so incriminating <laughs> it's so horrible and like how can you do this to another girl like yeah but Trent and like Malik or Anthony or I don't know they're all pieces of shit right. uh, but I know it's definitely Trent <laughs> are trying to this is so horrible trying to carry Jane Doe to wherever they want to take her and one of the girls talks about how you know as they're trying to carry her Trent's like stepping on her hair. So she says, you guys gotta carry her in some other way. So Malik carries her then to the car. Trent kept stepping on her hair, like while they were trying to move her. And the uh -huh. girl's like, sweetheart, you're, just, you're stepping on her hair. Like if you could just like, it would be much easier to carry her to the room to rape her if you would just like put her hair up I or know. something. Oh God, I know they were stepping on her hair. This is the disregard they had for this young girl right. who thought she was going on a date with a guy she liked. And then they go to party C and party C is where Trent and Malik and a couple of other friends, Evil Mike, uh, Anthony, and this kid Mark. And it's Mark's house and they all take this girl, this unconscious girl right. down to the basement, basically the rec, the room, rec room in this kid Mark's house. Right. And this is where all the shit goes down. Right. One of the detectives says to us at one point throughout the night when they're going to these three parties and they've got all this like video evidence and text evidence and, and picture evidence. The detective JP says there definitely were marked moments during that night where you had hoped for some kind of a hero or someone to step in. A hero could have stepped in and been like, hey, this unconscious girl that you're dragging from party to party to party, I'm not going to let you do that. Right. And what's so aggravating is we meet these kids throughout that even the prosecutors say like they were really good kids. They did the right thing. And all of these kids just got mad and left. Right. So Alex, the crime blogger, remember her? Yeah, loving she's, her. Yeah, she's been following the story. She's writing about it. The New York Times picked up her story mm -hmm. because she got sued by one of the parents in Steubenville right. for like defamation. And that was the story that the New York Times seized on and when the New York Times seized on that story that's when the rest of the world learned about it I'm not sure how the New York Times found out I think the family by virtue of suing me brought attention to Steubenville Ohio people were bullying and harassing me but then the tweets changed blogger gets sued for defamation Hashtag free speech, hashtag anonymous. And then on Christmas Day, that's when crap hit the fan. Anonymous. Oh my God! So anonymous, if you guys don't know, it's a really annoying word. They call themselves hacktivists. Yeah. <laughs> So they like, they like the rollredroll.com website, which was like the football team's thing. They hacked the site. And what they do, Anonymous is like, fuck this. We're stepping in. We're going to wear our masks. It's those like V for Vendetta masks. Right. It's so weird and scary, but it's very effective. What they do, you guys, what they put on this website for the, the high school football team. And YouTube. So yes. it's very easily findable, but they also link it on the football team site. Yeah. So remember the beginning of this documentary where we were talking about that video where the kid was laughing and saying all these horrible things yes. we see the actual video it's this kid mike what's his last name i don't know no one can pronounce it it doesn't matter <laughs> right. um but it's him the one who's like do you need names like what can i do to help right he is so evil and we see it that girl <laughs> How do you feel? How do you feel on a dead girl? Are you serious? I'm getting foreplay with Jenny. What is wrong with you? She's deader than OJ's wife. <laughs> this is where we find out that Mike is taking a video of himself finding out that Trent and Malik have raped this girl. Right. And he's saying rape over and over and over again, calling her a dead body. You don't need foreplay with a dead girl. Talking about the horrible ways in which they penetrated her. She's deader than OJ's wife. They, he says the word dead so many times and he's laughing so hard that I, I and he's so out of his mind. He is so crazy. This kid is so actually dangerous. Yes. The fact that he thinks this whole thing about this violence that's happening against mm -hmm. this young girl is funny. He's laughing so hard. Even people around him are like, yo, that's not that funny. Right. He's doubled over laughing. He's saying this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. 
What? It's so this is what Anonymous links to the website and puts on YouTube and makes this video about how like we are here and we don't forgive and we don't forget. Right. And the world becomes aware of Steubenville. And it changes everything. Yeah. It goes viral. And this is like when people finally learned about what rape culture is. Uh Uh-huh. And they're taking to the streets of Steubenville. And it's amazing because they're taking over the courthouse. Welcome to Steubenville. We're here for justice. If you got something to say, come up. I'm gonna speak up. Are you gonna speak up? They're like at the courthouse and they're doing these protests and thousands of people are showing up and it starts as just a protest, but then all of these women of all ages who live in Steubenville who are just showing up to protest are actually sharing their own stories of being raped. My name's Angela. I grew up here, I was born and raised here. And I was born and raised right here in Steubenville. My name's Alicia, I'm a citizen of Steubenville And at here. the age of 14, I was raped by a star football player that I had a crush on. I was raped in 2000. I thought he was so nice. I was drugged, carried limp, and nothing became of it. And those friends and didn't believe me. I said no, repeatedly, repeatedly. I was pinned down and there's no way I could have moved. And it's, it's so moving because at first in my notes, I'm like, oh, they're all wearing those stupid anonymous masks. Like, uh-huh. But then I'm, I'm the jerk here because as they're telling these stories, they're like literally and figuratively taking the masks off yeah. and saying like, here's my name, here's my face and my voice. And this happened to me. And like, this has to stop. Anybody that's been sexually assaulted wears a mask because of the shame. For 10 years, I was afraid to walk outside my house. And until you get your story out there, until you, you you can release that, until you get rid of that that shame, you know, you know that's when the mask comes off. Then we get Vinny the antique dealer, and he's like, <laughs> once again, this happens. People are being raped every day. Why you have to really shit on Steubenville? And I'm like, Vinny, you just get worse and worse. I know. I hope your boyfriend breaks up with you, and I hope your mom knows that you're gay. Right. I hope it breaks her heart. Like I hope. I hope your life is ruined. I know. Again, this is not a person who had a crisis of conscience after the interview and was like, actually, that's not what I meant. This is like the OJ. It makes me say things that I would never say in real life. Like I know. It makes me yeah. wish horrible things upon other people, which yeah. I don't like doing. No, Vinny sucks. Vinny's the like, worst. I hope your mom's heart is broken. Like, I think I do. She's a part of this too, right? Like, you know, I don't like doing that. No, but all despite the- all the iTunes reviews, I just I- don't like doing it. But it brings out such a rage in me that I'm just like, I want to burn it all fucking down. Let's, I know. let's burn the whole thing. Let's but- do it. So we're going to trial. March 2013, we're going to trial. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Everything's horrible. Yeah. We meet another good one. I know. Another good person. You guys, are you ready? <laughs> I know. I never thought the day would come. So we're going to trial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we meet Marianne, and she's the lead special prosecutor for the Ohio State Attorney General's office. What a mouthful that is. <laughs> but in my notes underneath, I just say, we love her. We do. So she represents the state and Jane Doe. And she's saying that the state has to prove that Jane Doe was, quote, substantially impaired. Right. Which is kind of garbagey because then it's like, the jury has to decide, like, was she too drunk to consent? Like, it becomes very murky. The One of the things that she says that I loved was that... A typical case, you have the word of a victim alone, which is sufficient. I mean, the case law and the jury instructions are, how, are very clear. The word of a victim alone is sufficient to prove a fact, if believed. You don't necessarily need DNA. You don't necessarily need whatever. But a slam dunk, you need all of that stuff. And she's also saying that once you hit a certain point of being drunk or drugged, your consent doesn't really matter. Exactly. Because you were still substantially impaired. And so the other thing that she tells us is that they also had to prove penetration. And the only way they were going to be able to prove penetration was through witnesses. Mm -hmm. So this whole garbagey thing happens where there were these two boys that were in the basement besides Trent and Malik that were at least there. Did they participate? We don't know. Right. But they were witnesses. And so she has to offer them immunity in order to get them to testify. Right. But so because we're meeting all the, the lawyery people, we meet the defense lawyers. Yes. Defense lawyers are really important in life. But when you're a piece of shit, really, it's a really bad luck. So we meet Malik's lawyer. And the shit that this guy has to say is unbelievable. My client was a juvenile. So he has limited number of years on the earth to even know the quality of the decisions and or the ramifications. God made him big. He also made him shy. 
And he's in a town that's depressed. He's in a town that loved this football team. And a lot of it was circumstantial for him. Based on the evidence, a lot of it was wrong place, wrong time. And he's saying that like, so if a person is impaired, then they can't give consent, even if they give consent. But if they were both impaired, if they were both at a party, mm -hmm. you guys, he actually asks the question. If both parties, as was in this case, were intoxicated, and if that's the basis for rape, the question becomes who raped who? And he starts with like, and I'm not victim blaming, but if you right. have to start a sentence with, I'm not victim blaming, right. but girl. <laughs> I feel like I've done that 800 times on this podcast. No, <laughs> it's very different Yeah, because he also says like, you know, this young lady admits she drank alcohol. Everybody was drinking. And he has this gigantic leap where he's like, you know, she gave them her phone password, which really is consent. Wow. In this state where she can't recall events, uh, the victim here gave access code to her cell phone. Giving someone access to a phone is a form of consent. And this is not a victim blame, but this young girl consented at one point in the evening to being in a company of these young boys. People would say it's okay for this young woman to have made this choice, but the moment that the choice was wrong, it's not her fault anymore. And I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? He is, what does that have to do with anything? The way that he is saying these things, like it seems almost like these arguments make perfect sense to him. Right. But they don't make any sense. No, not in the world, sweetheart. No. Not where we all live. No, no. <laughs> so the two dudes who get immunity for talking, yeah. Mark and Anthony, they are saying very incriminating things. They're being very, very honest here. Yeah. They're talking about exactly what happened, like how drunk she was, how vocal they were about raping her. I mean, Mark is telling us that she was like unconscious. They like they sat her up on the floor and she threw up and fell over and fell over and then that was before the rape happened mark is telling us of the actual raping that he saw happening he's saying he saw this happen right and everyone is saying that trent was really the ringleader here and malik was kind of following trent's lead but whatever you still rape is rape and he right. raped her but the point is that trent was very aggressive even with his friends with forwarding these pictures right and people who were there like mark it was his house so like he knows on some level his parents are liable for everything that happened there because they're yeah. all minors. And we should point out that this young girl was underage. Mm -hmm. So texting pictures of her naked body is, is trafficking in kitty porn. It's yeah, it's child pornography. Yeah. And the boys are saying, dude, I don't want these pictures. Stop right. sending them. And Trent is like, no, look at them. Look at them. Like, and yeah. that's fucking gross. And speaking of Trent, as all of this is coming out and as anonymous became like a big thing in town, all these other people are coming forward to share their stories, including this 14 year old girl who comes forward to tell a story about basically being raped by Trent in April, which was just a few months before the rape of Jane Doe in August. Exactly. It is just absolutely abhorrent. Right. And so that, you know, they're found guilty and Trent tearfully apologizes, or does he? I would say that he doesn't. Malik is tearful. Right. But Trent says, all he says to the judge is. I would truly like to apologize to our family, my family and the community. No picture should have been sent around. And I just said, this is what rape culture is. Because he's not admitting to doing any of the raping. You can tell that that was like a statement set up for appeals. Right. And then Malik gets up to apologize. Malik is hysterical. I would like to apologize to you people. I had no intention to do anything like that. I'm sorry to put you guys through this. That just like... <laughs> He walks towards people. I don't know who he's walking towards. I think he's walking towards Jane Doe and I'm just like, get the fuck away from her. I, know. I felt very like, just like he is just walking and I'm like, how was he allowed to be walking towards her like that and crying and very emotional and he's a big football player. Yeah. She is not. And some man comes out and just starts hugging him and rubbing his back. I was back. like, that is traumatizing for Jane Doe. I yeah. Don't, no matter how you slice it. it 100%. So Malik was sentenced to a minimum of one year in juvie. <laughs> Trent was sentenced to the same but got an extra year for taking 
taking and sending the photos. These these punishments are just unacceptable. Do you know that Trent is now like playing football in college? No. And was accused of rape and taking photos again. In college? In college. And there's like the, all these petitions to like get him out of school because he like should have been on the sex offender registry, but because he was a minor, he didn't have to be. So people didn't even know like on campus, didn't even know who's walking among them. And then he was accused again. And now there's a whole petition to try to get him kicked out of school. So, I mean, everything is garbage. It's all bad, everybody. It's just, it's all bad. Girl, we did it. That one was really, was, really rough. It was really, really hard. My voice is gone. Yeah. There's a lot of shit here I don't I don't really get. You can love the sports, you guys. I guess. If you, you have love, to. If you have, if that's who you are. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you were who you were born as. That's totally fine. Uh-huh. But like these people are fucking flawed. You have to admit that. You guys, don't forget, we're doing a show on October 5th in Brooklyn with Lance and Tim and Maggie all about Maura Murray. Yes. Again, that show only has like 50 tickets left, so get your tickets if you're coming. Yeah, and come bring a friend. I think that live shows are a good way to uh, introduce us to your friends. That's a very good point. <laughs> our live shows are crazy. They're so fun. They're they're really like our, what you hear in your earbuds times a thousand. You know how people say what you see is what you get. What yeah. you hear is what you get. <laughs> we love doing our live shows. There's so fun. Come and join us. Also, the Patreon, you guys, mm-hmm. a reminder, you get 90 full bonus episodes plus. Yeah, Lady at, Pates is really spreading the love. It's true. At the five, That's at the $5 level, you guys. So much. For five bucks, you can binge something like, you know, 100 hours of True Crime Obsessed right 91 now. 91 episodes. You did the math. I know. It's true. I know. Uh, we also have ad-free episodes. We've got our ringtones. Just go to patreon.com slash True Crime Obsessed. Girl, what are we doing next? We are doing whew, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. <laughs> are we ever? Narrated. I know. By Rue Goddamn Paul. I cannot stand it. I'm so excited. It's such a great documentary. It's all about Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. You guys, Uh, it's so fucking crazy. Oh, I'm so excited. It's not this. I know. I just just need a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Girl, where can they find us? They can find us at truecrimeobsessed.com, True Crime Obsessed Podcast on Insta, True Crime Obsessed, no ED, on Twitter. They can find you at Patrick Hines underscore on Insta and Patrick Hines on on Twitter. Oh my God! They can find you at Jillian with a G on all the things. I love you. You're the best. I love you. You're the best. Uh, you guys, stay tuned for our outtakes and then the trailer for the eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh. We love you. Hey, share the podcast with somebody that you love who you think would enjoy us. Yeah. I'd love to just find new ears. New friends. We love your ears, but we just want more. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> we love you. Bye. Bye. Stand by. Five seconds to PTL. Hi, everybody. Tammy Faye is the first lady of religious broadcasting. Steve is a patient of AIDS, and he so generously allowed us to talk to him today. Tammy Baker did it. Three times the last and ten times the makeup. When no one else would do it. I refuse to label people. But it all started out with puppets. A star is born. Hello, I'm Ellie the Alligator. And I'm Susie Muppet. We kept adding station after station, and it was an awesome thing that happened. But things began to sour. Things fall apart. Jim and Tammy started almost everything that is now powerful in religious telecasting. But as soon as they got it built, they were kind of let go. I can't understand. What did we do? Burying the past. Instead of languishing in the desert, Tammy decided to get back in front of the cameras. So you've never done pictures without those eyelashes? No, and I never will, because that's my trademark. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's special guest, Tammy Faye. I think the eyes are so important. I believe the, uh, the eyes of the soul. I truly do. You know how most people think I'm a monster? <laughs> Most people like me, your mom, uh-huh. your husband, the Pope. <laughs> not everybody. Not everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also says bag of weather. I'm just going to repeat bag that. Bag of weather? <laughs> He's like, well, that's really the only way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to rain. We're going to hear your, your vlog. Uh-huh. Uh, anywhere you want, Mom. Yeah, it's radio for the internet. It's true. <laughs> 
day Oh dear lord But like a jumbotron No For high school This is so real Let them do Bye Bye Birdie Every year I want them to do Bye Bye Birdie And like Annie and Damn Yankees That's all I want them to do And that's all they want to do Why are you teaching drama somewhere I don't know You should be So the first thing she does is she gets on this thing called the Twitter. Mm. It's called hashtag the Twitter or mm-hmm. at the Twitter or whatever. It's, the, it's definitely the Twitter. The Twitter. <laughs> That's where you find it. She gets on the Twitter. Cuts Justin Timberlake in the social network. Oh, lose the the. Yes. <laughs> I can't get there from my MySpace account. I learned. Uh, so, yeah, no, you can't. For Friendster. I just wanted to cut in here and say one thing. What? I was speaking on the phone with the director of Abducted in Plain Sight today, and she said to me, what you guys do is important. <gasps> she did? She said that! Sky Borgman, I love you so much! She's not wrong. She's... <laughs> <laughs> Correct. And it's also like, do you have a mother? Do you have a daughter, a sister, a wife? Like, how can you be saying these things and know a woman? Right. And my whole, yeah, exactly. The thing is like, or you could just be a decent human. Like, I don't care if you have a sister. Like, I'm an only child, right? But like, Uh I don't need to know. I'm also a woman, so I guess it's a little different. (laughs) Uh, The struggle of the man has just been so terrible. (laughs) Poor man, oh my God. I just feel like you could be a dude and not have to have a close relationship with like some female relative. Like, just be a decent piece of person piece of person girl scent bird is back did you know that scent is your most powerful smell really no wait (laughs) what (laughs) scent is your most powerful smell okay again